Hey there, and welcome back to Nature Boost. I'm your host, Jill Pritchard with the Missouri Department of Conservation. I have something to share with you. Maybe it's not a secret because I work on one, but I love podcasts. I love listening to them all of the time. If I'm driving in my car, walking my dog, I'm at the gym, if I'm cooking in the kitchen, I'm usually listening to a podcast. And if I'm not, then I'm listening to music or I have my TV on. And through the years, I chose to tell myself this habit was okay because I'm just one of those people who needs to have background noise. But the other day, I got to the park for my daily dog walk and my headphones were dead. I had forgotten to charge them. And I was totally prepared to have the worst dog walk ever, be absolutely bored out of my mind. But I got to tell you, it was truly wonderful. Not being distracted by Keith Morrison and Dateline in my ear allowed me to feel the sun on my face and enjoy the warmth and listen to the leaves rustle in the wind and giggle at my dog being funny on our walk and just be. And trust me, I get the irony and the hypocrisy. Here I am hosting a nature podcast, encouraging everyone to spend time outside and learn more about the outdoors. But I have a terrible habit of not being present in the moment and not really practicing what I preach. And hopefully I'm not alone here. So I'm a millennial and we grew up in the age of the internet and AOL and AIM and then MySpace and then Facebook. And we've practically been plugged in and connected for the majority of our lives. And now our phones are more advanced than ever. Um, We have phones on our wrists. We have smartwatches now. And even glasses are computers. Have you seen those? It's crazy. And it's easy to get excited and wrapped up in the latest and greatest technology Um, especially as we're in the holiday season now and we're all into the gift giving and that can be overwhelming and overstimulating the holiday season in itself. If you've been listening to Nature Boost for a while, you may recall our first episode discussing nature's impact on mental and physical health. And it's been a while since we explored this idea. And with my recent headphoneless dog walk and then just the hustle and bustle of the holiday season, I thought it was a great topic to dig into again, like some seasonal self-care and how we can look to nature for some healing. To understand what it is about nature that helps our health, I look to a medical professional, primary care physician, Dr. Jennifer Allen. Dr. Allen graduated from Oceania University of Medicine in 2012 and completed her residency at Mercy Hospital St. Louis in 2015 before becoming board certified in family medicine. She is now the founder of New Freedom Family Medicine located in Washington, Missouri. Dr. Allen, thank you so much for meeting with me this morning. I want to start this conversation to get your opinion on just how connected everybody is in this day and age. You know, here I am, I've got my Apple Watch on my wrist and it's tracking everything. And then we are constantly connected with our phones and computers. So from a medical standpoint, what exactly does that do to our bodies whenever we're constantly looking at a screen and, you know, on our phones? Thank you first so much for having me. It really has amazing negative effects 
on our health. I mean, just for us to be able to sit here and do this, I had to take my phone and give it to my staff or, or it would have interrupted us the whole time. It rings or I get a text or whatever. It makes it so that you can't you can't rest. You can't relax. You're in a constant state of turned on. Your brain doesn't get a chance to sort of linger and flow on different ideas with the constant interruptions. And I think it increases our stress levels overall. There's just so many things we could talk about in that regard. Just from a personal standpoint, I feel that I'm constantly stimulated. Mm-hmm. I I find it that I I don't really allow myself to just kind of be bored in right. a sense. Like something is always going on and I feel like there that's that's almost the norm in today's society now. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. I've noticed it just in my patients that I take care of, my my children and my own self. I, I've even told people I don't rest well. And, it, and it's an adaptation, I think, that we've become accustomed to where we always feel like we have to be on the go. Somebody, we're overscheduled in every aspect of our lives. And to be able to just be in our own thoughts and to hear the silence, so to speak, um, is really uh, a calming adventure, for lack of a better description, because nobody knows how to do it anymore. Finding that time where you can put your phone away, you can turn off the television, you can not look at your watch, not scroll the internet, not look at your email. Those times are something that we need to learn how to cultivate again. And I th- I think it happened during the pandemic um, where we weren't getting outside, we weren't socializing, and people started you know, to narrow their world. And now we all live in these individual little bubbles that don't connect with each other in a in a personal way. We're connected electronically. Oh, yes. But we're not connected in a personal way. And yeah, I think that's really sad. I think you're spot on. We we are connected to each other in this almost impersonal sense mm-hmm. through elect, you know, electronics. But also speaking of the pandemic, you know, we we saw a huge rise in the use of outdoor spaces because there was no other option for any type of recreation. How can we look to nature to unplug? What exactly happens whenever we do disconnect in that sense? When we're not using our electronic devices, we start using different parts of our brain. And if you're if you're really in tune to how you feel inside your skull, so to speak, I think people can feel that. I know I can feel that. Um, I feel like the the part that is is constantly being stimulated, you can almost feel, oh, a tension and a tightness in your head. But when you turn all that stuff off and you go outside and you just listen to the wind, close your eyes, listen to the squirrels playing in the leaves, feel the sunshine on your face, that sensation, that sort of tightness can go away. And you and you feel, I hope that doesn't sound hokey, but you yeah. feel like increased blood flow in different areas of your brain. So the more creative centers of your brain, the places where you can have extended thoughts or imagination, those things light up as opposed to the you know, minutia, detail-oriented, hit a button, you know, what do I have to do? What's on my calendar? Those kinds of things. They're different areas of the brain. And you can feel your your blood pressure go down. 
There are studies that show um, changes in the level of nitric oxide. Um, nitric oxide is a chemical that your body makes um, when you have a healthy meal and it lowers your blood pressure because it makes your blood vessels more pliable so they can relax and your blood pressure goes down. It's just a really good whole body sensation that if you take the time to pay attention to, feels really good. I'd love to talk about sleep. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I know it's terrible, but I have been known to fall asleep with my TV on. And to, you know, again, that I think that goes to the background noise thing, but I know that blue light is terrible, terrible for your circadian rhythm, correct? Yeah, so there are studies that show how it stimulates the different hormones and shifts the time when you sleep and, and things like that. And how many people fall asleep on the couch you're sleeping really soundly, then you wake up to go to bed, and then you can't go back to sleep, Yes. right? So when when you go, think about, like, I think most people could relate to this. Think about the toddlers. You know, they play outside, they're at the playground or at preschool or whatever, and they're exhausted at the end of the day. And I, all that fresh air that they get when, you know, the weather's nice and the, they sleep so much better. Well, that's the same thing for teenagers and grownups as well. If you spend a lot of time outside doing different things, not necessarily engaging your brain, but engaging your other muscles in your body and breathing deeply, all of those things help de-stress, lower those chemicals that prevent sleep and help improve the quality of your sleep. So, I mean, I think being outside, going for a walk, no matter the temperature, if you're dressed right, even a 10 minute walk in winter temperatures in Missouri is usually not, you know, unbearable. This is something that can have a good effect even if it's not necessarily ideal weather. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if if you have mittens and a scarf, I have a little reactive airway myself. So if I breathe cold air directly, sometimes it makes me cough. I just wrap a scarf around my face, breathe through the scarf, and that helps the air be a little more moist and a little warmer from my own body heat. And that helps prevent you know, any cough reaction that I might have. Some people who have severe asthma, that may happen to them as well. But for most people, there's absolutely no reason why you can't be outside, even in very cold temperatures for a short period of time with the proper gear, of course, a hat, gloves. Is it true that you burn more calories in the cold because your body is kind of like tensing up and shivering a little bit? I heard that. What's your expert medical opinion? <laughs> so... It's probably true because you you have to generate more heat, so therefore you would burn more calories. Probably not enough to make, you know, weight loss happen or anything like that, but <laughs> a few calories more for sure. Okay, this is kind of off topic, but we're talking about the cold and physical health. But what's the hubbub about with ice baths? Is oh that good for you? So there's some research out there that, that shows, again, increasing those chemical mediators that help um, get rid of free radicals and things like that. I haven't read any of the studies recently, but that's what it's about. Those dramatic shifts in body temperature and the chemical mediators that your body releases to compensate for that are supposed to be good for you. Okay. All right. I'll just go on a winter hike and, and that'll be a good, well, good be, What is it? The polar bear club? Yeah, the, the polar plunge or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I could do that yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. Same here. Let me ask you, do you recommend to your, any of your patients to get outside as part of their, their health? I do. It's really hard to get people to change their activity. So we talk about exercise in general, but I think 
in our day and age, people think they're going, you know, to the gym. Um, they forget that we have, like in Washington here, we have a riverfront trail. You can go walk on that. Lots of parks. Even being in your own backyard, I, I think it would be great to just to go outside and look how your yard changes in the winter. Like really pay attention to what's going on. Are there birds? Do you need to feed the birds in the winter to, to bring them around? Notice how the grass changes. And when we have an app on our phone, where we can like look at the leaves of a plant and tell what the plant is. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, but it also does bark. And so it's really fun, you know, to just hover over the tree bark and see if we can figure out what it is. It's just a really nice time. We have a little bit of land. And so we like to go walking in the land. And I like to feel the leaves and listen to the crunch of the leaves under my feet and then listen for the little animals. Something else that I love about nature is it's for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's accessible. It's welcoming no matter your background or walk of life or where you are. Yeah, absolutely. Missouri is so fortunate to have so many state parks and hiking trails and things like that that are free. And many of the ones that I've been to are accessible. So there really shouldn't be any barriers. It's absolutely free health and wellness right there at your feet. If more people got out and, you know, used those things, people would be healthier. I think a big part of nature is the sunlight, right? Okay. Sunlight is so good for us. And especially in the wintertime, would you say it's even more important to get sunlight in the wintertime? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. So I actually recommend, I have a lot of patients who have seasonal affective disorder or worsening depression in the wintertime. And I think it is directly related to the amount of sunlight that we have. Um, so I recommend light boxes. Um, you can get a 10,000 lumen light box on Amazon, plug it in in your bathroom in the morning while you're getting ready and just expose yourself to 30 minutes of extra sunlight, essentially. A light box. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard of that. What? It's a really good treatment and there's data that shows that it's very effective. But if you don't have a light box, just like a day like today, I was noticing before I came to work how bright and sunny it was. And it just felt really good to, again, to notice, you know, just to have that experience of, wow, it's a beautiful day, you know? Yeah. Um, that is, is so important. We live a little too far north of the equator to have that the sunlight around here be enough for our vitamin D. I have, I have patients that work outside in the sun every day and their vitamin D levels aren't adequate. Getting outside is fantastic for your health, but it may not be enough, you know, for your for your vitamin D levels. So... I usually recommend checking that and supplementing vitamin D. But the sunlight is absolutely important for your mood. Again, blood pressure, mood, frame of mind, just and your lung health, breathing the air. It's all so good for you. I know a lot of people have busy lives. They have jobs. They have kids. They may not have a lot of extra time to spend a lot of time outside. Would you say like five, 10 minutes is good enough to be good for your health? I think five to 10 minutes with the focus on the five to 10 minutes of being disconnected and outside. Even if you have to park farther away to walk into your building in the morning, in that time, don't think about your schedule. Don't think about the text that you just got. People can wait five minutes for your answer or 10 minutes for your answer. And look up, look at the sky, look at the trees in the parking lot. I'm just imagining someone who works inside all day in a building. Use that five to 10 minutes to be mindful 
and connected to nature and the universe instead of connected to the electronics. And then, yeah, I do think it makes a big difference in addition to then don't take the elevator and walk up the steps and things like that. So I feel like it it can promote the more time you spend outside, the more of a healthy lifestyle that yeah, can the promote. More you want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you feel the effects and see how it makes you feel, then you want to do it more often. And I love that you talked about we're so quick to grab that phone and to answer that text. And I did that the other day and I thought, why do I feel so compelled to answer this right now? It's not an emergency. I know it's my sister telling me about this new show she's watching. You know, it's not like anything that is super, super important in the moment, but why do we have that quick response? My personal theory is that we've become hardwired for that. So the constant stimulation, and and I think there's even data about this. Advertisements and television shows have changed in like the gaming and things like that. They are all designed in very quick snippets. So our attention span has changed into this quick snippet sort of reality where everything happens really fast. Instant gratification. Instant gratification, exactly. And so going back to your comment about being bored, we don't know how to be bored. We don't know how to to just be at all. And so I th- I think it's just sort of a consequence of that whole phenomenon. Um, in my, my practice is uh, a different kind of practice. I'm a direct primary care doctor. And one of the things that my patients sign up for is access um, and and that different kind of response. And so I know I'm absolutely a victim, if you will, of this scenario that I've created. To me, good customer service is a rapid response. And so I answer as fast as I can. And what and it's funny because some of my staff disagrees with me and they think it you know if it's not an emergency, it can wait. It can wait up to an hour, potentially, which is probably fine. But it's hard for me to retrain myself um, to do that. So so I'm actually working on that. I'm working on setting some boundaries so that I don't feel the constant pull of the information people need from me. Well, and I would assume that's a hard thing to turn off whenever you're not at the office oh, too. it's very hard. It's very hard. I joke sometimes that I'm going to have a seizure because I don't have my phone. It's too much. It's not sustainable. And we have to put boundaries on the time that this requires because the negative effects of it are, are so much. I mean, it's fatiguing. And what happens like to me personally, and I think I notice it in my patients, is it, you just run out. You know, you become a drain. And so the the like my family you know the people that need me most at the end of the day i don't have anything left to give your cup is empty Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh you're burnt out i think burnout is a big word Mm -hmm. that has come around in the last few years yeah and i changed my practice specifically to avoid that burnout that happens in traditional healthcare. so my practice is very different i don't bill insurance my patients join as members, we develop a relationship, and I'm able to spend more time with them. And I really like that. And that's what people need. I think it helps me be a better doctor. But still, at the end of the day, attending to people's needs all the time in an urgent manner is draining. And so the only way for anybody to sustain that, not even myself, but you know, my patients who are trying to keep up with the demands of their own jobs or their own families, 
you have to put those boundaries on so that you do have enough to give to the, I mean, I would argue every day, no matter what, that people's family is far more important than their job or their commercial connections, you know, that they need to have. Absolutely. So. You got to put the mask on yourself before putting it on, yes. you know? Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, retraining people to understand that, you know, hey, let's focus on the things that really matter here. Um, and that, 32 second response time is not what really matters. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I just, I love the idea. Self-care is, is, has been such a big thing and incorporating nature and fresh air. And I think also it allows you to appreciate the little things and be mindful in a sense. Mm -hmm. It truly does give your mind a break. While you were talking, I was kind of imagining some scenarios, like if it snows, you know, lay down in the snow, just just for a minute, mm-hmm. feel the gravity, make a snow angel. Um, that that feeling. I know the other day I kneeled down in the yard, and um, I remember being struck by how cold my knee got all of a sudden. Um, just those little sensory things that we have forgotten to pay attention to. Those things really help people feel better when you're really using all of your senses and feeling the things in your body that does more than any medication can do i was at the park and i had forgotten my headphones and you know i was noticing things and i almost it sounds silly but i almost wanted to tear up Mm -hmm. i had such an emotional response Look at everything I've I've noticed on this walk. I saw this red-tailed hawk flying above me. I noticed that fall leaf smell. You know, the leaves are kind of wet and, you know, they're all over the ground and I hear my feet stomping through them. And I almost wanted to tear up because I just thought, "Man, what what did I miss on all of these other walks where I just wasn't truly in the moment and I wasn't like you say allowing myself to just be. Yeah, that ability to just be is a dying art. And I really think we need to figure out ways to cultivate that more. And I think I almost mourn this in a way. I remember my childhood was spent outside. I'm the generation where, you know, our parents opened the doors in the morning and said, go out there, don't come back until dinner. And even then they were calling for us, you know, where are you? Come home. And um, my own children have not had that experience. That's not the world that they live in anymore. And um, I wonder, what are their memories going to be like? You know, oh what? Gosh. how does that affect what they think? Yeah, because, I mean, my daughter isn't going to have memories of just being on her bike and exploring town and things like that because we don't let them do that, mm-hmm. Out of, whether it's fear or time or whatever the world has just changed and um i just think back to my own childhood memories and i knew every square inch of the community that i grew up in and we used to go there was a storm retention creek it was a natural creek but it had gotten incorporated into like the storm sewer system in i grew up in the kirkwood area and we used to go play in that creek and play with tadpoles and throw rocks and skip rocks And we would walk up and down that creek all the time, you know, through people's backyards. (laughs) And, you know, just I have such amazing 
memories of doing that as a child. And it, it, I don't know, that was, you know, 45 years ago. In my mind, it was every day. Who knows? Maybe it was one week. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> right, right. But, yeah. but it's such a, a fond memory and, and makes me, um, makes me feel whole when I think about those things. And so I worry about our young people um, because they're just not getting out of nature and having that experience. So we need to work on that. I've even heard people say they're worried with constantly be on on your phone. Like it's hard for people to make eye contact anymore. Oh, yeah. It's hard for it's hard for people to do anything personal. They you know, you can't even order a pizza talking to a person. You're supposed to do it on the app. I mean, that that's I don't I don't like that. Technology is has advanced so much in, in a sense to, they think to bring us together, but it, we're almost further apart. Oh, we're yeah, we're definitely further apart. And those interpersonal relationships, people don't know how to talk to each other. Um, you know, how many times have you been in a restaurant? You look around, and there could be four people at a table, and they're texting each other, or everybody's on their phones, nobody's talking. We really need to put it down mm-hmm. and connect on a on a more personal level, and talk to people, and look them in the eye, and mm-hmm. ask how their day is. Yeah. And when was the last time? You just ask somebody, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, and yeah. like really mean it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I know that there can be some barriers people face when it comes to spending time outside. People think that really to spend time in nature, you need to be like deep in the woods. But there are green spaces everywhere. Like you say, There's, we have such great conservation areas across Missouri. You go to your local park in your backyard. It's it, Again, it's nature is outdoors it's out your door right it's just out your door and in your front yard in your backyard down the sidewalk you don't have to be you know deep in the woods necessarily although i think the benefits of that are are even greater than necessarily walking down the you know town sidewalk but anything people can do to be outside i i think would be helpful mind body spirit spending time outside obviously sunlight is good but you know right. not in that, all that great for the skin. Right, in moderation. And I think that's another reason why we're seeing a decline in vitamin D levels is because we are using sunscreen more. And that's a great thing. We don't want skin cancer. We don't want to get a sunburn. Um, but the um, beneficial parts of the sun are also blocked by sunscreen. So we have to be mindful of that. But yeah, if, if you don't want to wrinkle and you don't want to get skin cancer that you have to deal with later, then you definitely need to wear your, your sunscreen. Dr. Ellen, I really appreciate you taking the time to discuss this with me this morning. I love the idea of nature being so good for your health and just having that in your back pocket as a little self-help, self-care. So one final thing, do you, do you have a prescription for, for our listeners? You know, what, what would you recommend how uh, ways for them to to get outside. Sure. If I was going to write a prescription for a patient, so I I would put your name and the prescription would read, go outside for a minimum of 20 minutes daily. Repeat as needed. (laughs) Without your phone, maybe? Yeah, without your phone. Yeah. Dr. Allen, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time today. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. 
Whether or not you're a fan of winter weather, it looks like this season is shaping up to be pretty mild in Missouri, which could mean more opportunities to get outside. I love to take advantage of milder winter days and have friends or family over for an evening fire. I love getting the chance to sit around the fire pit with a warm drink and connect with loved ones. You can find more great ideas on getting outside this season on our website or in the Missouri Conservationist magazine. Read the digital issue or subscribe online at missouriconservation.org. Thanks again to Dr. Jennifer Allen, and thank you to listening to Nature Boost. I'm Jill Pritchard with the Missouri Department of Conservation, encouraging you to take care of yourself and to get your daily dose of the outdoors.